0: all right welcome back baseball fans to another exciting episode of on deck presented by deep dive sports i am joined as always by jeff and dominic what's going on guys hey
1: nothing much Is happy to celebrate a central division title
0: nice nice i was going to bring that up congratulations to you on that one
1: thank you
0: so this episode we're going to talk about players that you hate to love Players that we should not on paper like at all in any way, shape, or form. But unfortunately, we do like these guys a lot. We think they're great. And so we're going to talk about them. Again, players that we hate to love. Next, we're going to go into the one- uniforms whether it be home or away doesn't matter but one set of uniforms that we each think needs a complete overhaul and there are a lot out there so we're going to definitely talk about that and then we're just going to go into this whole whole discussion on the history and you really do it we're really watching history uh Aaron Judge Albert Pujols what's going on right now is just phenomenal to watch as a baseball fan you know i was at work today and i ran into a a a guy wearing a um, a yankees jersey of all things but we got into a 20-minute discussion just about about just being fans of baseball right now and how amazing it is to watch what's going on between these two guys it's just phenomenal there's there's so much to say so we'll, we'll definitely get into that we're going to kind of do an augmented standings rundown, a little bit of a – it's basically everybody's eliminated, so we're just going to really talk about who's left, who could possibly, uh, you know, get in as far as the wild cards, and there's a few outlying teams that, that if, you know, everything goes their way could possibly pull it out for the, the postseason. Uh, we're going to talk to Dom and Jeff about their GM skills in their fantasy leagues. Jeff's got a little bit to say about some because it sold and we're going to get into our one fact about baseball and then i sign it off. So start it off, guys. Players that we hate to love. Dom, I'm going to start with you on this. Who is a player past and who is a player present that you hate to love?
1: Uh, this this was difficult because I don't really I never really hated a lot of players, um, but I guess past I'll start with. Um, I guess Derek Jeter, I think very overrated as a player, but he was still able to be one of the best performers when it came to like clutch performances and just some of the best moments that I've seen as a kid growing up watching baseball. Um, He had some amazing plays and some big hits and big moments that, you know, it's a guy that grew up hating the Yankees. And again, think he's overrated as a player. He's still, um, definitely contributed to baseball history with some, some great moments. Um, present, probably Justin Verlander. Um, he hurt me a lot um, in my high school years watching the Indians um, back when the Tigers were competing You know for World Series. Um, he was just so dominant and always seemed to have his best performances against the Indians. Um, so, yeah, hated him, but, you know, respect him as a player. Um, it's hard not to respect his game what a season he's having right now. I mean, right. Yeah, he's, he's what, having like 39,
0: 40. Yeah. And he's having career, like peak career season right now. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Let alone after surgery.
0: Yeah. Someone test him for PEDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take our advice. Go test him. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what do you got? What are your uh,
2: players that you hate to love past and present? Well, speaking of PEDs, I got uh, A-Rod. as a former player. Uh, I just, you know, as a player, he's just so smug. And he would cry whenever the media would say anything negative to him. You know, he'd always say, oh, it's because I'm so good looking or I make the most money. Uh, The beef that he had with Jeter and, you know, saying he's never had a lead and stuff. It was just interesting because he seemed kind of two-faced as having a friendship with him saying stuff like that. you know, claimed to be so great for so long, and then we had the steroid scandal. Uh, we just kind of had those unwritten rules that he would break as well, especially when it comes to like etiquette. I'm sure as a Red Sox fan, you know that with what he did with Arroyo and Verretec. <laughs> oh yeah, uh,
0: completely. That the little "this is my running motion,"
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> but in recent years, I think I've started to uh, start to kind of love him again, just as an ESPN analyst and kind of seeing a different side of him, seeing be a little more open about mistakes he's made and uh, showing humility, uh, especially when he's talking about uh, – there was one of the K-Rodcasts that he does for Sunday Night Baseball, him talking about the Tati suspension when that happened, about how he wants these young players to learn from his case and, you know, not fall into this stuff. And just kind of, you know, it just seems that he's really – starting to come around as a uh, as a guy for me. So, still kind of hate him, still kind of love him. Yeah. And then for uh, current...
0: So, that wasn't sad when, when J-Lo broke his heart, you know what I mean?
2: But, you know. <laughs> <right>. from that. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, current player I love to hate is Yadi Yadi or Molina. I mean, I'm sure it's nothing new hearing the Reds fans say he hates Yadi, but gosh, he's another one It's just so smug. He's just been kind of a punk in some of years with the Reds kind of instigated some fights uh, you know he had that random beef with Brandon Phillips there for a few years and it just gosh just hate him because he's so good against us too and especially this being his last year you're really just like you really realize just how great he is and just it's disgusting I hate it <laughs> Especially with the pettiness he's had on social media past years, you know, where he cried about his manager on Instagram and when he didn't get a gold glove a couple years ago, crying about that on Instagram and so publicly about it. But I love booing him in person and I understand his greatness and it's kind of sad this be the last year to boo him.
0: Well, it's funny. Yachty was, uh, uh, I think Pujols was interviewed the other day, kind of after the 700 thing, but he said, you know, what do you like most about playing with Yachty? And he says, I actually like, I like it when he's in the lineup because when he's not in the lineup, he's a prankster and he's always pouring water down our pants or he's always just trying (laughs) to like, so it was like, I, I love him when he's, on the field but when when he's off the field he he wreaks havoc in that dugout with all the shit that he pulls
2: so that's right
0: well going into mine uh there's a definite theme when it comes to uh what we picked and i'm gonna keep it going it's it's the yankees and it's uh my past play that i hate to love is mariano rivera it's just, what else can you say about him? The inner Sandman, just the, you know, the save King, the the games finished King five world series, you know, 13 all-stars just, he made me cry as a Red Sox fan so many times because you just knew when he was coming in, it was the game over. It was, you know, other than a few sparse, you know, 2004, 2007, you know, type of seasons um, he just dominated us at every sense of the way. And, and he's just, phenomenal guy and 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 there's nothing more to say about him he just he is so phenomenal that that i hated to love him uh the one that i hate to love right now is also yankees um giancarlo stanton which i did not know that he went by mike or michael for the longest time it was his uh giancarlo was his given name but all his family always called him mike and it wasn't until And he changed it to Michael early on and like as a kid because he was kind of tired of how people um, pronounce his name wrong, I guess. Um, So it wasn't until he got um, more into the majors and decided that he wanted to go, you know, stick with his his roots so he could go by Giancarlo. But, uh, you know, All Star MVP, two time Silver Slugger, uh, MVP, two time Hank Aaron Award he just, I think the way he goes out there and, and, you know, some of these at bats and, and is as good as Aaron judge has been right now. And, you know, it kind of goes into that A-Rod Jeter thing that we were talking about earlier before Um that, you know, you had one that's kind of staying out in the spotlight and, and he, he could have been that guy that got kind of pissy about it or whatever. And, um but he's not been, he's just been uh had class and grace and, um, Just the way he swings the bat, too, is just – I'm in awe of it. It's just kind of one of those Barry Bonds-type swings that when you know he hits it, you know he hits it, and it's just its just been phenomenal. Moving on to our second topic, and, Jeff, I'm going to start with you on this one. What is a team uniform that needs to go or needs to be rehabbed, needs, needs to change whatsoever, home or away? What do you got?
2: I think almost the whole set for Tampa Bay. Uh, I think they need to just ditch this like modern thing that they've done. Uh, Their modern logo just sucks. I hate the, the sunshine Ray logo. It looks like a little star. Sometimes they wear the uniform that's just got that as their logo and it's just, Oh, I hate it. I hate that yellow on the blue. Uh, I think the color scheme just kind of sucks and the, the sunshine ray double entendre thing that they've done, I just not a fan. I say just go back to being the double rays, go back to that awesome gradient design with the stingray on the on the hats. I know sometimes they wear the throwbacks and I think either go into something like that or maybe try to do something a little more modern with it. But yeah, I just cannot stand the stupid sunshine ray logos.
0: <laughs> Tell us how
2: you really feel. I know, right? <laughs> All right, Dom, what
0: do you got for yours? What is the the one that you want gone?
1: I got the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, again, I got to go I, – I think their home and aways need to be revamped. I do like that they kind of revamped them a little bit for this season. They got rid of that weird gradient pattern that they had on their previous uniforms. Um, but the uniforms that they had in the 90s and early 2000s, I thought were just so good. I think they need to go back to those. Um I'm looking at, at one of the throwback uniforms. It's black, and you got Diamondbacks written in, like, purple and, like, a like green writing. The font just looks so cool. Makes me think of Randy Johnson. Like, yeah, just go back to that, and you can't go wrong with, um, like, those – remember those old-school vest jerseys where it's, like, the gray vest and they got, like, the sleeve underneath? I, I don't know. I think that's, like, a classic baseball look that – I don't know. I think more, more teams need to bring that look back.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, when you say that, it reminds me of just Curt Schilling and, and that aspect of,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, how dominant they were back then. It was just it was phenomenal. Those those jerseys were pretty spot on. Yeah, so, and the,
1: one I of the, the greatest World Series wins of all time. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. Well, I'm going with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, I'm gonna not gonna lie. The, I hate this maroon. I, I hate this color. I hate that color red. I I just I I can't I can't get rid of it. Um, this it the even the pinstripes the gray away the the one with the blue kind of um piping and then the, the the powder blue throwbacks even that just disgust me like oh, really? i was a big fan of mike schmidt back in the day and i just remember being seeing that baseball card and everybody be like i don't even like this card because i can't stand these uniforms um <laughs> something that i uh, i really kind of find funny on this is that over the 137 years history of the team they've never worn the word philadelphia across their chest it's always uh, been the phillies or abbreviation of phila But the word Philadelphia has never actually been across that whole thing. So, uh, you know, that issue notwithstanding, like, I just think that the whole aspect of it just needs to be completely redone and and reevaluated because it's just, it doesn't look pretty. It's just kind of a a boring color. And like I said, the maroon um, slash reddish color doesn't look good on anybody. and, And I've just never been a fan of that. Fair enough. All right, moving on to the Judge Pujols' discussion. I'm just going to kind of let this be a free-for-all. So, uh, Jeff, I'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on this history that's going on right now?
2: It's just insane to think, like, in my lifetime, I'm witnessing one of the greatest, like, historical home run chases ever. Uh, and the fact that has actually got it completed now, I mean, it just cements that first ballot Hall of Fame you know nod and just shows that he's just one of the greatest hitters of all time I mean 700 is insane to think about and then on the other side with Aaron Judge it's awesome seeing it on the year that he decided to you know not take that extension with the Yankees and bet on himself that he's about to break Roger Maris's record and anything that even is in the same category as Roger Maris just shows you how historical it is I mean it's just It really has the whole sports world on notice as well. Um, You know, during college football, it was taking breaks and panning over to when a judge would have an at-bat and show just for the chance of him tying that record. So I think that's pretty cool seeing some other people in the sports world even realize, like, wow, this is a lot. Except for these guys on TikTok, I think they're like, oh, my God, I'm watching this game, and they're panning over to some Joe Judge guy, and he didn't even hit the home run. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I've
0: seen Twitter being, uh, you know, pretty funny. This one tweet, uh, the guy said, "You know, I have had to go to the bathroom for the last thirty minutes, but but Aaron Judge is on deck, and I, I, don't, I can't go." Right. <laughs> Dom, what do you got? What is your take on all this history we're watching?
1: I think it's great. Um, you know, like Jeff alluded to, they're cutting away from college football games to show. Aaron Judge batting. I think it's great for baseball, you know, that it's kind of taken some major headlines and people are seeing it in the front pages. I think it's great for the game. And I love that we're watching two, like one of the greatest players of all time in Albert Pujols and a generational talent who the guy that if he keeps this up, I think he can go down to one of the, the best players of his generation. Um, it's just amazing to watch. And I'm glad that we're able to witness it
0: yeah i mean for sure like like i've said a million times you know we're definitely watching history and and kind of alluding to what you said that you're watching you know the past and you're watching the present Mm -hmm. and and that's just kind of kind of cool that you don't really get to see those two things intersect at the same time you know and and so to be able to say like you know we're watching history twice i guess in a way you know what i mean it's like you know i remember where i'll always be when i when pool host hit that 700 you know what i mean and like i know that tonight i'm going to be watching aaron judge to see if he hit 61 and it's like it's it just it's so phenomenal to, to to be able to take part in it two different things you know in the same season and then the fact that that um yeah, Judge is almost, you know, close to the triple crown. and like, nobody's done that since Miguel Cabrera, you know, was it 2012 he, he got the mm-hmm. triple crown? And then, uh, what is it, Carl Yastrzemski in two, or 1967, I'm sorry. So, I mean, just the fact that we're, we're adding another layer of, of history to this as well is just it, already Hall of Fame careers for both of them, I think. I think Aaron Judge is just solidifying himself as uh, a as, as, – putting himself in there one whenever he does uh, hang up those cleats what kind else? of
1: uh, kind of off topic what kind of contract do you think he's gonna get now and do you think the Yankees love that he's having this kind of season or do you think that they're kind of kind of upset now that he's having this good of a season <laughs> they know that they have to pay him in the offseason now
2: like they're a little scared
1: <laughs> like are, are we looking like three four hundred and four are we talking four hundred million dollars?
2: I mean, it's money talks. It's it's hard to even say.
0: Well, do you actually think he'll stay with the Yankees, or do you think that this is – is it plausible that he'll sign somewhere else?
1: I don't know any other team that can afford to bring him in. I I know the Dodgers have the money, but I know their luxury tax bill is ridiculous this year. Um, But I know he's alluded to maybe playing for different teams, but I think that's all just, you know, him – kind of bargaining a little bit and showing, hey, I'm willing to leave, but, you know, I want to stay here, but my options are open. Mm-hmm. I, I can't really see him playing for anyone else. Maybe the Mets,
2: but – I was going to say, that was that would be my only other guess is the Mets. Yeah.
0: But I, I just don't – and maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm off base, but he just doesn't seem like he's that greedy of a guy that he would take that much off of – of the Yankees, uh, you know, cap wise to just to, to prove he's, he's the best. He just doesn't seem like that type of character. So, you yeah. know, you say in three or $400 million, like I, I just don't see it because, you know, you, it, we, and we always talk about it the Tom Brady, um, you know, rule where Brady took so much less money so he could get better players on the field. And, and I think it's just going to come down to, something long-term that he knows he's going to be able to, you know, whether it be like options in the, in the, the team or something like that, you know what I mean? Future endeavors that, that go down the road, um, you know, maybe, maybe pull what is it? The, the Daryl Strawberry um, contract or the Bobby Bonilla contract where we, they, (laughs) <laughs> you know, pay him until he's like 75. So, mm-hmm. I mean, could be that type of concept. I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to find out. We'll, we'll come, you know, and I don't think they're going to do it right after the the season either. I think it's going to, they're going to mull it over and wait. And he's going to enjoy his possible, you know, MVP career and Triple Crown and who knows, possibly World Series. And I mean, if he wins mm-hmm. the World Series this year with all that and the Triple Crown and the home yeah. run, like, Jesus. How could you imagine?
1: I mean, if it's like the Bobby Manila contract, the Yankees could be paying him to like, what, 2065? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
0: easily. So that, that'll that be interesting. We'll, we'll definitely keep tabs on that and watch going forward. All right, moving on to our standings rundown. It's really not going to be a standing rundown. Um, there's not too many teams left in it. So in the American League East, Yankees have clinched, and they are a 93-58 and 58 record Toronto is at 86 and 67. They are three games away from uh, being eliminated from – they are three games away from elimination in Tampa Bay. 84 and 69, and they are one game out. Baltimore and Boston have all been eliminated. You've got the Guardians. Congratulations, 76 and 77. I'm sorry. And then in the American League Central, you've got the Guardians at 86 and 67. They have clinched. Congratulations, Dom! Thank you. Everybody else in that division: White Sox, Minnesota, Royals, and Detroit, all eliminated in the uh, American League West. You've got Houston clinched. Seattle, LA, Texas, Oakland eliminated. Uh, National League East: You have got the Mets at a 97 and 57, and then you've got Atlanta at 95 and 58 with eight games from elimination. Philly. Miami and Washington all eliminated. National League Central has St. Louis, 89 and 65. And the Baruch Crew, 82 and 71, three games away from elimination. Comes Cincinnati and Pittsburgh all eliminated. And in the National League West, you've got the Dodgers clinched at 106 and 47. That's a heck of a record right there. And you've got San Diego, San Francisco, Arizona, and Colorado all eliminated in the wildcard division. Toronto is two and a half games up on Tampa uh, at 86 and 67, Tampa 84 and 69. And then Seattle is that final wildcard bid, 83 and 69. And they've got a four-game lead over Baltimore, so I think that should stand throughout the rest of the season, and that's what we'll see as far as – That goes as far as the nationally goes. Atlanta is at 95 and 58. They have an 11 and a half game lead in the wild card, so I think that they're pretty set on that. And you get the Padres at 85 and 68, a one and a half game lead, and then the Phillies 83 and 69. They only have a one and a half game lead over the uh, Milwaukee Brewers for that. but then the next closest is San Francisco at 75 and 78, but they're eight and a half games out. So I don't see that happening. So a national league, still a little bit of a toss up when it comes to wild card, but I think the American league is pretty set up. What do you guys think? What is your takeaways from that standings rundown going forward? Don, we'll start with you.
1: Um, Just again, happy to see the guardians. Um, Again, I thought going into the season, they'd be kind of where the White Sox were. Um, didn't really expect too much. Maybe hover around 500 if they had some good pieces in the, in the rotation. Um, so glad to see that the youngest team in baseball just kept fighting. They they play the game the right way. Kind of brought Smallville back. They're not really a power-hitting team. They just make a lot of contact, and they're aggressive on the base pads. Excited to see them in the playoffs because they've shown that they can really compete with any team. We'll see how they do, and I think they're playing the wild card series. So that's a best of three. Um, I don't know who they'll draw. Um, if I had, if I had it my way, they'd be playing the Rays just because they have a little bit more injuries. <laughs> um, but the National League, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in the Brewers this year. I thought they were a team that, I'm, I mean, I picked them to win the Central going into the season. I thought their rotation was stacked. I don't know. They kind of
0: just disappointed all season. You know, we've said that uh, last year. We said that this year that on paper they just are stacked up like they should be uh, such a dominant force um, last season and in this
2: season. And it just hasn't been the case at all. Jeff, what do you got? Yeah, kind of the same thing. I mean, you, the Brewers have been disappointing, but oh no, I have to go see Pujols play in the postseason. <laughs> so I don't really mind the cards holding on to win the Central. Is it? Like they would when they took over, but yeah, congrats to the Indians, to the Guardians, they uh, <laughs> whatever they are. They it's just unbelievable how young they are and just the tremendous collapse that the Twins have had. I mean, they they were in front for so long, they lose Polanco, they lose uh, you know, Buxton for the year, and they just I mean, they just collapsed. I mean, they just really kind of shit the bed, honestly. <laughs> and, and Cleveland was right there to take it, like he said, playing small ball stuff you love to see, like on-type players. Just get hit. Don't try to swing for the fences every time. Stuff you love to see. And then Seattle, I believe, could have uh, clinched today, the but uh, they had a – I think it was a 9-2 lead going into the sixth, and then they gave up 11 runs to the Royals. So they kind of had their uh, clinch day uh, foiled a little bit.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, so looking at all this – and I know we, we did this at the beginning of the season. And you know, I think I said uh, Dodgers, Yanks, uh, World Series. Um, and I know, Dom, I think you had Dodgers and somebody else, maybe Houston. I uh, can't quite remember. But
1: I think I had you, the Dodgers and Yankees. Did you two? Did we agree on that? I'll have to go back and, and listen to uh, one of our first episodes of the season. But I, I think it was Dodgers and Yankees.
0: Okay, so we both had that. So now – Looking at the season so far and looking at a pretty secure playoff roster when it comes to teams, what are your takes in the possibly World Series matchups, you know, now? Jeff?
2: I mean, it's hard not to imagine the Dodgers going all the way for the NL. So I definitely see the Dodgers being there. And honestly, the Astros. Uh -uh. I don't trust the Yankees to beat the Astros in the postseason. I wouldn't mind almost thinking the Braves could possibly sneak in as well, but I think it's going to be Dodgers Astros. All right. Dom, what about you?
1: Unfortunately, I got to agree. Um, the, I think the Dodgers are clearly the best team in the National League. And the Yankees, as good as they were at the beginning of the season, I think they've had too many injuries. Uh, their pitching has been kind of inconsistent. Their hitting's really been inconsistent outside of Judge recently um i think the astros have been the most consistent team all season i think the they got the pitching stiff and the offense to get it done um I, in a dodgers astros world series i'd probably go with the astros again
0: yeah for sure i think the astros are, are very well coached so that that speaks to a lot to especially going in postseason and, and what they can accomplish as far as for me, I think that it's, it's definitely a lock for the uh, the Dodgers for the National League. Um, you know, the Mets are playing; they a little hot right now, so that that's good for them. Um, but the Dodgers won two in a row, but I think the Mets are eight and two moving forward. Um, I'm a little bit worried of Houston though down the stretch, and I think that it's going to be uh, the Yankees. So I'm going to kind of stick with with my original pick because um, I would like to see uh, all that. Play out when it comes down to it. All right, now we're going to talk about your fantasy leagues. Uh, so, Dom, what's going on with your fantasy league? And then we'll talk to Jeff about his.
1: Well, unfortunately, I uh, lost in the semifinals. So, I'm in the third place game. Um, it's a two week matchup. So, this week is wrapping up. I'm winning 879 to 855, uh, pretty close. Kind of wishing that the way that my team has played this week was how I would have played in a semifinal matchup because I probably would have had a better chance of winning. Um, but had a great performance today by Stephen Kwan went three for five with the grand slam. Um, Ian Hab Brendan Jury got me you know more than ten points. Jury actually got me twenty five points. Um, but what really helped me stay afloat this week was Sandy Alcantara getting these sixty three points last night. Um, and kyle wright going for 35 and just the team was great in the regular season and then towards the end kind of just took a slump and it is what it is but if i finish third i'm not going to be too upset yeah not at all is your league a money league or is it just a uh, unfortunately i was really hoping to at least get into the championship game so i can get at least second place and get my money back uh, because the way that this league is structured, first and second get all the money. Second gets their money back. First place gets the rest. Um, so third, while it's nice to finish in the top three, doesn't really help me out at all.
2: <laughs> well, sorry about that.
1: Yeah, it is what it is. Now, Jeff,
0: you had a fantasy league too, so what's going on with yours?
2: Yeah, so I'm officially going to win this week, which will put me in the uh, championship for this upcoming week, so... Pretty excited about that, so we'll see if I can finally take it home for once. Never, never hit first place in any fantasy across any sport—hockey, baseball, football. So we'll see how that goes. But got some injury stuff, you know. J. Rod hitting the IL, so we'll see how uh how I have to shuffle around some guys.
0: So is that a little bit of rubbing it in Dom's face that you're going to the championship league and he's not? Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm happy for you, man. Congratulations. Well, thanks. <laughs> I can't wait till next year when all three of us are in one together, and that it, that's uh, gonna be really bloodthirsty. I swear oh, to God. Oh,
1: imagine the smack talk. <laughs>
0: oh, <yeah. laughs> whole, whole episodes just dedicated to that. <laughs> right. All right, uh, Jeff. Uh, baseball card stuff. What's the the news going on there?
2: Yeah. Uh, so. Uh recently I mean I haven't really gotten too many cards in uh the only one that I've got to really share with you guys is I got a uh 2018 tops update the uh Shane Beavers rookie card it's a uh PSA graded 10 Jim Mint. so pretty excited to get that in I guess that's my way to celebrate the uh Cleveland team today but uh also in the uh, sports world for cards Roberto Clemente's pops rookie card actually uh a PSA nine graded just sold for right over a million dollars and pretty high up there. And it turns out that there's actually only one ever PSA 10 Jim Mintz, Roberto Clemente rookie out there. So if that ever sells, it may get up to 10 times as much as that, which is insane to even think about.
0: Were you talking to me earlier about the, uh, the Justin Herbert card? Yeah. So what's going on with that again?
2: Yeah, it was the uh, – he, Brady, and Mahomes are now the only uh, only ones to ever have their football rookie cards sell for over a million dollars each. It's just sold for – I think it was about one and a half, something like that.
0: Which is crazy since he's not ever even – you know what I mean?
2: Right, like, no. I mean, playoff, I mean, nothing.
0: No but that card can go for a million dollars just on hype alone. Now yeah, that that's, that's nuts. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, to the final aspect of this episode, and it's the one fact about baseball, something you guys maybe did know, didn't know, but we're going to share it with you. And Dom, I'm going to start with you on this. What is something you learned this week?
1: So we're pretty big on statistical coincidences, right? Well, I uh, found one that's pretty interesting. So it's regarding the fielder. So Cecil and his son, Prince, obviously. So Cecil Fielder made his MLB debut at 21 years old. So did his son. Um, both finished with exactly 319 career home runs. Both of them had one season with at least 50 home runs, one with a total of 40, and one with a total of 30 home runs. Both father and son had 40% of their hits of their career went for extra bases. 22 of the balls they put in play were line drives. Like, just the coincidence. Like, how did Fathers
0: I've seen that stat track, and it gets deeper, too. It gets real deep. Like, career batting average, like, all this, that, and the other. Like, you know, their final at-bats. Like, it gets super creepy, weird, like, rabbit hole type uh, of coincidences for that stat sheet it is amazing if you get a chance look it up it is it is nuts how many things that they had and part of me is like did did uh did he just retire you know the the, uh not what not Cecil but um Prince did Prince just retire when he saw that went oh I could just retire now and just be good like look (laughs) at that all that matches up it's it's crazy that's a good one Dom for sure all right, Jeff, what about you? What do you got?
2: Yeah, mine's something crazy, just something I thought was uh, interesting because I love round numbers. Uh, but with Pool hitting his 700th home run, exactly 500 of those home runs came against righties, and exactly 200 were against lefties.
0: Jeez. That's a, <laughs> that's definitely – that's crazy. It's very satisfying.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Five and two, we're going to stick with that. Well, talking about pool holes, and then I, you know, I was talking to you earlier about it, Jeff. That uh, this marks the uh, 18th season that he's had 20 more plus home runs. So I just thought that 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 was pretty crazy that you can you know, be that consistent throughout an entire career, 18 times you've hit 20 or more home runs. Uh, but his average home run trot in those 700 home runs is clocked with Stat Tracker at about 26 seconds. So if you Take that over his whole career. Poole Hulse has spent about an average of five hours of his life just running the bases after hitting home runs. So <laughs> five hours just going around the bags. That's phenomenal. Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap this episode up?
2: Yeah, the uh, you actually just reminded me with that uh, 20 home runs in a season. Uh, it turns out that him and Ted Williams are the only ones to hit at least 20 home runs in their first and final season. Oh, that's
1: that's that's nuts. <laughs> yeah how
2: you
0: can be that consistent you know at an early age i get it but to be just still doing it now is nuts well that does it for this edition of on deck presented by deep dive sports thank you guys for listening make sure you download us wherever you get your podcasts apple music spotify and until next time baseball is america's pastime
1: we hope that you enjoyed this episode of on deck as much as we have
0: you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook at deep.dive.sports
1: or download us through amazon apple or wherever else you get your podcasts
0: as always we are on deck presented by deep dive sports until next time